Welcome back to the AIM podcast. Today we sit down with special guest, serial entrepreneur, speaker, podcast host, Stephen Scoggins. You guys are going to love this episode as we dive into his story. Stephen is incredibly generous and serves at such a high level and was kind enough to let us record this episode in his studio at Scoggins International. I had a blast talking to Stephen and learning from him as a strong leader, someone who's had a lot of success in business, but more importantly, has made a massive impact on so many people in all of their lives. We're going to dive right into this episode, but before we do that, I have to talk to you guys about Powerlift. Powerlift is one of my favorite drinks in the game. The One of the fun ways that I've been using Powerlift recently is during my marathon training, I've been drinking them right after my runs, right before my lifts. So anytime I'm doing a back-to-back, I'm doing a workout where I run in the morning and then I go straight into some sort of strength work, it's the perfect drink to help me replenish my hydration and hit some protein. It's got 10 grams of protein, it tastes amazing, and it truly is an incredible product. If you use code DELKS20 at checkout, you will get 20% off your first order. I've also linked it in the show notes, and I cannot stand behind this brand anymore. I love it so much. It tastes great and it has truly become a staple in my training. So I hope you guys get to enjoy that and get some value. But let's dive right into this episode without further ado, Stephen Scoggins. guys welcome back to the aim podcast today we're joined by a very special guest i'm about to introduce in a second but i just want to take a second to just this is an incredible setup we're not in our normal setup we're here at scoggins international uh, with an incredible team and our guest today is mr stephen scoggins who's going to be joining us and sharing tons and tons of value from just all the different walks of life and all the different things that he's done and all the success he's had all the things that he's overcome and i'm so excited to have you on the show today stephen thank you for coming on the aim podcast brother man we're gonna have a blast dude Dude, this is a special day, man. First off, I just want to honor you, man, and thank you so much for who you are and the person oh, that you. you are. And, uh, you know, we're doing this in your podcast studio, so just want to give you a... a well, today it's ours. It's ours. Well, yeah, I have, I, have, I have zero problem sharing. <laughs> I wasn't an only child, thank God. Thank you, man. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. That means a lot to me. And, you know, you were someone that I've, I've been really fortunate to get to know in the last couple months mm-hmm. uh, more intentionally, but uh, I've loved following along your journey and, and just... Yeah, seeing all the incredible things you've been able to accomplish and overcome and and the way you've been able to use it to serve and and help a lot of people. Thank you, man. Well, I want to honor you and just say thank you for the invitation to be on the show. Um, As as someone who obviously hosts the show myself, those decisions to bring people on are never, at least in our our world, is is never easy. We're always very selective because we're very protective over our audiences Mm -hmm. and we make sure our audience get fed. So thank you for having me. Well, I know I can speak on behalf of our audience that we're going to be well served today and there's going to be a lot of value um, given to the people listening. We, we love bringing on people that showcase ambition that have had real stuff happen in their life. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think life is supposed to be easy and that's just not the case. <laughs> Sorry. Um, life, life is hard no matter how successful or, you know, unmotivated mm-hmm. you are, but the, the, it's, you know, you get to choose your heart and you get to choose the kind of life you want to live. And so I'm excited because I know you've, you've lived a really cool life. It hasn't been perfect and it hasn't been um, all, all success, but I'm excited to, to touch on both sides of the story of, you know, some of the harder times and obviously mm-hmm. some of the things that you'd be able to break through and accomplish. And, and now you're in a great position where you were able to serve a lot of people. I'm open book, brother. Let's, let's have a good time so we can't serve this audience. Well, before we dive into your, your backstory, I want to talk about something, I guess, pretty relevant to you. You've been okay. in and out of different time zones. You've been <laughs> taking trips back across the country, man. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about your current setup and what's going on. In oh, your man. Um, 
2023 has been wild for me. So we're, we're filming this at the very end of 2023. And um, I started off 2023 with a completely different life. Um, a good life, not, not a bad life. I mean, I've very, been very blessed. And, um, but for some reason this year, God decided to completely up, uproot me and is going to replant me somewhere else, um, which was kind of odd. It started with a, a pretty significant life transition um, that I really can't talk about just yet. Uh, but in that life transition specifically, one of the, anytime I, in fact, this is a, this is a principle that I use um, for mental health and mental wellness and spiritual health and spiritual wellness. Anytime there's a significant event in my life, I learned about 15 years ago um, at another time when I was going through a significant event uh, to do a sabbatical. Hmm. So a sabbatical for me is two weeks and some random destination and no agenda. Wow. Okay. So you, you land, there's, you don't have, you know, water parks you're going to or football games you're going to or anything specific. And for me this last time, um, a good friend of mine, Randy Garn, um, ironically, I was going to go to Scotland for my sabbatical. And just before I hit the buy now or click here button or whatever to, you know, basically I was going to buy a bundle, like, you know, almost like a tourism package. Cause you can like say, well, mainly because it gives you your automobile that you need. It gives you where you're going to stay at. And sure. then it gives you like, you're just kind of touring around uh, Scotland. And my first one that I ever did was in Ireland. So I was like, Oh, this would be exciting. <laughs> right. Well, it just so happened a, few, a year or so ago, uh, I went to go to Utah to spend some time doing some media appearances and whatnot. I got to know Randy at a deeper level, and then we built a friendship. And so I've been to Utah two or three times um, in the last couple of years during different seasons. And uh, one of the cool things about Utah, not only is it beautiful, uh, but there's something to do in every single season, including snow, right? There's plenty of snow skiing and snowboarding and stuff I haven't done yet, but I'm interested in learning how to do. you never, you never seen Not yet. Wow. Not yet. No, that's, that's, that's next on the agenda. That's but, a treat. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but when I went out there, <clears throat> um, I take this back. I was about to hit the button. Randy texts me, and this is this is something that uh, Chas mentioned to me recently. Is is actually going through the open door. I know she's a big believer in mm. if God opens a door, you don't walk through it, you run through it. Wow, kind of scenario. That's so that's something I actually learned from her just recently. And when we were going through these convert, when I was going through that piece, I was going to be you know click the button. Randy texts me. He said, hey, man, what you doing? What's going on? Of course, he knew a little about you know, my backstory and whatnot because I talked to him all the time. And I consider him my, my new Steve Myrick, so to speak, right? And, <clears throat> and talking to him, he's like, well, maybe, why don't you just come to, why don't you just come to Utah? And I'm like, hmm, I could probably save 15 grand. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there you go. a logical brain got in there. And then I got to thinking, you know what? Every time I go to Utah, I have a spiritual experience. Mm. And... um. God does talk to me there. And not that he doesn't talk to me everywhere, but, sure. you know, there are certain, another principle is not only is a sabbatical needed at times, uh, but on, and just as important is putting yourself in an environment where you're not distracted so you can hear him clearly. That's good. Okay. Um, because in Raleigh, where we're taping now and in, in the live event facility in the, in the business, there's, you know, I've got multiple businesses and I got multiple people, uh, in normal, in a normal day's time, they're typically garnering for my attention or issues that we have to solve at the last minute or any number of things that can, can come up. And I had to realize to myself, I was like, you know what? Utah's kind of cool. 
Like you, yeah, I can do that. So uh, they have a place called Sundance, not where they do the film festival. That's in Park City. Okay. Um, but they have a resort called Sundance. It's a it's a ski resort basically during the winter, and then it basically doubles as a hiking location and restaurants and fine dining and spa and all this kind of stuff. But above that, they have these little mountain houses that are for rent, like an Airbnb kind of scenario. And uh, so he sends me a link, and I I click on the link, and I choose a 700 square foot little brick house that sits beside nestled on top of a stream where I could literally open the door and all you hear is rushing water all, all, all morning and evening. Um, that time of year that I did it was, it was kind of like in the, in getting kind of leading out into late spring, early summer. So the temperature was almost ideal and perfect. You know, I just, I went to, I went to there and I just kind of really f- fell in love and I, and I got to talking and, and, and praying and meditating and no agenda. And then within about a week of being there, I started hearing God speak to me about different things. And normally, and this is just for everybody's benefit. Yeah. If you haven't, if you don't feel like you're hearing from God in a while, maybe you should go someplace and be in an environment where you you're forced to listen. Mm. Right. And when you're That's forced good. to listen and you have no agenda, it'll, it'll take a few days and all of a sudden you will start to hear him. You will start to hear him. And for me, it wasn't, hey, I'm, I'm, I want you to relocate. It was like, I just want you to enjoy what I made. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, you know, so I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a trail that's like a one-mile hike up to this massive waterfall that still had snow in the basin of it, which, you, which is kind of nuts because, you know, the time of year it was. And I don't know, it was just, it was a, it was a beautiful experience. Um, I remember texting my team pictures from the local gym, like out the <laughs> windows, like, look, this is my scenery while I'm working out, you know. That's amazing. Kind of thing, and. I planned a couple podcast appearances that we had that came on that we ended up having here live this year. Uh, Randy, um, it just so happens the Sound of Freedom movie was just coming out, and he's really close to, to Angel Studios, so we got invited to a private screening of Angel Studios, wow. and that led to brainstorming with other very very successful people um, about a way to start to put more light in the world. Hmm. And I started thinking to myself, while I've grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. I love this place. Like, it still feels like home. Um, I started realizing maybe I'm not planted where I need to be planted. Right? Because different seasons of life will take you to different destinations of your future. That's right. Right? So, in the grand scheme of things, when we start walking through this entire journey, about a week and a half in, I I just went to Randy and I said, Randy, what would it look like if I moved here? His eyes got, like, super big. He's like, (laughs) you would do that? No way. He's like, Really? (laughs) Like, kind of got super excited because, you know, Randy and I talk about all kinds of things. And so then I had some fleeces, right? So in the Bible, you know, there's a, there's a, in the Old Testament, they're putting out fleeces to test God to see if it's a yes or a no, right? Yep. <clears throat> because I wasn't getting a yes or no. I was getting, pay attention. Yeah. Like, you know, just like it. Right, and right. Yeah. So I go through this whole process and, you know, I, my, my first fleece was, okay, well, I'm going to reach out to my team and see if they had have interest in, in moving out here. Right. And, you know, kind of uploading everything you see and then like re, you know, putting it in, in, uh, in Utah. And in doing so, one of the things that we, we discovered really quickly was at that time, everybody was like, well, now it sounds like a cool idea. Okay, cool. You know, so I started like looking around for stuff. I started looking at commercial property and residential property. I'm, you have to understand, I'm a doer. Yeah, yeah. You, you execute. You yeah, know. I'm an, yeah. I, I'm definitely, a, <laughs> I don't know if I want to call myself an executor, but I'm, I execute. <laughs> um, you know, and there's some other transitions in my life that I, I can I can announce publicly. You know, maybe beginning of beginning of the year, but 
there were just a lot of really cool things. I was like, okay, well, I have nothing directly tying me to North Carolina. I mean, my fa- my you know my father and mother and you know all my kids and they're they're here. You can come back. Yeah, basically, they make airplanes. Um, I just well, and then I just started processing through it, right? And then you know I went to my kids and they're like, well, you deserve to be happy. You've you've done so much for us. Yeah, go for it. I went to my mom. She's like, you know what, son, you've done so much for other people. Da 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 da. If it makes you, if you feel like you're gonna be happy there, go for it. My dad, on the other hand, was more like, as long as you come back about every three months, <laughs> I can see you both, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, well, all right, we'll we'll work work something out. And it just so happens that part of my next year or two will will require me to be back, sure, uh, fairly regularly. Anyway, long story short was I go out there and I have the sabbatical, and in that sabbatical, I made a conscious decision that I was going to, at some point in time in the near future relocate myself to Utah. Mm. And you know, so I closed on a house just before Thanksgiving in Utah. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Moved uh, most of my stuff because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap to move stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's also a fun process too, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll split my time between here and Utah, which negates the, uh, the two different time zones. Yeah. But over the last few months, I've had to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But the moral of the story is, even uh, to me, is this. Sometimes God is going to ask you to get up out of your comfort zone. Wow. And he's not going to, he's not going to, he didn't tell Abraham it was going to become Israel. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to make your nation as, as great as the stars. Like he didn't tell him he was going to have to go through the stuff with Sarah and, you know, <laughs> and all the Ishmael and Isaacs and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And that we don't, you know, it tended to get in our own way. But when he gives you a promise, he's going to deliver on that promise. Mm. The crazy part is trusting him enough to walk out the promise. And that's what I find that a lot so of true. people miss out on. We all get an impatient, and I'm, I am not a patient person. Let me just be honest with you. Same. I am very much like, <laughs> it needs to be done, we're doing it today, right? Absolutely. Or if you tell me when it, when it can be done, you say it can be done at Friday at 8 a.m. I'm like, okay, Friday at 8 a.m., is it finished? Kind of, kind of personality type. So... But the moral of the story is, is if God asks you to jump, you don't even need to ha- ask how high. You just need to start jumping. Wow. You know? That's so good. You know, and so my, my life has been, a, has been an uphill journey, uh, uphill fight. Um, I'm a big, you know, you, you've seen me speak before. I, uh, You're an incredible speaker. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, uh, I, I embody, um, like many people, the warrior. Where's your helmet, by the way? My helmet's in my office. Oh man, I should have brought it up for this. <laughs> um, they'll have to go watch the footage from it from FounderCon. But um, no, it's. I believe that there's a heart of a warrior in every side of every single human, and I know for me it had to be awakened, and so my job in life now as a speaker hmm. is to awaken that warrior because that warrior is going to give the give them the courage and the tools to fight through the stuff they're going to have to fight through, to deliver their future on a silver platter. Wow. All of which God promised you. And God is less concerned about your destination. He's more concerned about your transformation. Wow. That's, that's okay? good. And how do you get the transformation? With the first step when he says jump. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So um, I've been far enough along where it, I'm sure it didn't make sense to my team. It maybe it shouldn't make sense to my family. It doesn't. Some cases it doesn't make sense to me now. Like I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I move a, and I don't mean this in a, in a braggadocious way at all. Um, how, do I, how do I move a multi-million dollar facility to Utah to serve more people. Sure. 
because I don't know what it is about Utah, but people love Utah. They want to go to Utah, <laughs> right? So, That's you know, right. if I want to, if I want our live events business to explode, I have to have the people that want to attend the live events for the thought leaders that we represent, mm-hmm. you know, and even our own events. And until Raleigh becomes sexier, <laughs> sorry, Raleigh, I love you. Um, we've got to, we've got to figure that out. So all of that to say that enjoy the transformation while you're in pursuit of your destination. Dang, that's so good, man. I, I, I'm really glad you touched on that. I appreciate you just being super vulnerable and sharing kind of the current state of everything going on in your <laughs> life. Because um, I, I truly believe there's someone listening to this right now that maybe is about to make a change or feels like they're on the brink of a change or a transition, mm-hmm. and they probably needed that encouragement. So the way you laid that out was, was amazing. Always, man. I wanted, So I want to talk to you. Obviously, you're sitting here in this chair. We're, we're looking at each other in this conversation, and you have had tremendous success in business, and that is not an accident. That didn't happen overnight. Obviously, it was a long journey. A lot of you say you're not patient, but I'm sure there had to require some <laughs> I'm, level. I'm only patient when it's forced. There you go. Some level of patience to get to the point you're at, man. Yeah. I, just, I want to know, like, what is, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned in your journey over the course of time that has helped you go from where you started and I know you're not done. I just the nature of who you are. You're <laughs> you're a guy you. that continues to go. But to get to the point that you are now, what is one of the biggest lessons that you could share with us that has helped you attain this much success and mm-hmm. overcome maybe some of the adversity or, or struggle you did, you know, early on in life? So my team would tell you I talk in fortune cookie from time to time. You've probably already ex- gotten some of that today, and it all happens in the moment. But in doing so, I would tell you that you have to go inside before you can build on the outside. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't living their best life, one, because they're living someone else's life, and two, they are not being authentic and congruent because they've never went, in, they've never went inside to see what God put in them in the first place. Wow. Okay? <clears throat> so I'm a big believer in a notepad and a pen. In fact, during the event that we met each other at, one of the things that I did with some of the business owners at a roundtable is I asked, I actually, we had a rotating roundtables, yep. you know, post-event, and I, I asked the same four questions to every single person that sat down before I ever offered any advice. I call them the questions of discernment, okay? Questions that breed discernment are questions that are open-ended enough that allows your brain to fill in the blanks, but not closed loop enough where they're so direct, where you're going to get absolute clarity, we never ask the question again. Mm. Okay. The questions are as follows. What is missing? What is confusing? What is right? And what is wrong? Okay. The cool thing about all things business, all things life, all things relationship, that when you don't know what to do, I'm a big believer that you go inside he will speak to you while you're inside on those four questions. Mm. Okay, when you look throughout Scripture, um, I actually learned these questions from a guy by the name of Tom Patterson, another guy named Chris Licurdo. Okay, Chris Licurdo was a life coach of mine for a number of years. He's a phenomenal guy, um, and I can, can't say enough good things about him. Tom Patterson was the guy that wrote the book that taught Chris part of the system that Chris then modified and uses for himself for his clients now. And these questions are in there. Okay, um, these questions are very specific. So when you, when you ask what's missing, then you can arrange what's missing with what I refer to as the eight pillars of life. So spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, developmental, professional, relational, like you go through these different eight pillars. And for those who, so I don't rattle, forget to rattle all of them off, you can go to eight pillars, you can just search eight, pillar, eight pillars of life, it'll take you to my website. There's a whole blog there for it, okay? But you ask those four questions of those eight pillars, 
by the time you're done with that exercise, you're going to have so much clarity, it's not even funny. Wow. Okay? When you go to what's missing, that w- that's what has to be found. And typically what has to be found is typically an emotional connection or an intellectual advancement. Okay? Meaning I need to learn something or I need to connect to something. Mm. And that'll solve what's missing. Most times. Okay? Confusing. All you need to do with what's confusing is you're clarifying. A lot of times, again, when you go through the exercise, all of a sudden you have clarity. You're like, okay, well, man, well, I didn't know that. Right? So then it becomes about what do I need to clarify? Okay? So you're, you're, you're learning three steps in one. You're learning a question of discernment. You're learning how to ask it of eight pillars of life. On top of that, you're also learning how to reframe it. Hmm. Okay? So you're going from curiosity to activation to reframing, which will then give you what your, your next steps are. So you're going to go through confusing. All right, I need to clarify it. What's wrong? Okay. Now, what's wrong is kind of interesting because it's not uncommon, especially for the first time that you do the exercise, to write down a list. You're going to hold back? Well, no. no actually, with a what's wrong, most people can fill up the page. Really? It's yeah. My relationship sucks. My boss sucks. I, I have it. no money. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm broke. My car's about to break down. Let's Right? And they can, you can drill down that list. And it's also what I, I also think it's a key piece of humanity. So in, in humanity alone, we always tend to go the worst case before we go to the best possibility. So worst case versus true. best possibility. That's true. Okay. So that's a, that's a mind hack. If you can go from, if you can switch your brain from focusing on what's the worst case scenario and what, and rather than and think, well, okay, what's the best case possibility, mm. right? You, you, you can take another step. Nine times out of 10, with a skilled coach walking beside you when you do when you get through the the this course of questioning, you're able to see very quickly that most of the stuff that's in your what's wrong category actually belongs in your missing or confusing category. Mm. Okay. Very seldom is anything really wrong in your life. Like, well, no, I don't have any money. No, you don't have the skills to create it. So where can you find the skills to create it? That's right. Okay. And you start asking different questions, which then gives you different answers. And your brain is wired in such a way, and this took me a long time to figure out, even though the Bible has been saying it for a millennia or more, like forever, basically that out of the, out of the mind, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, the brain acts, and da-da-da, right? Mm. So you are what you think and so on and so forth. That's, you know, paraphrasing, of course. Um, but when you're able to understand that what's when, what, when the stuff that's in the wrong bucket actually belongs in the confusing and the missing bucket... Now you're possible. Now you have the potential to reframe that problem as a potential possibility. Okay. Well, then we go to the fourth question. I love the first, the first, the fourth question. What's right? And the reason we always do what's right last is because we want to train ourselves to fill up the page in what's right. I woke up and most, and the first time you do this, be like, well, what's right? Well, I love my kids. Maybe I have a good job. Maybe my business is going well. Maybe I have a good relationship. Right, it doesn't start with, you know what? I woke up this morning, and I could actually feel the air coursing through my nostrils. So good. Right, um, I woke up this morning, and even though my my sight is now getting a little wonky because I'm getting close to fifty, like my eyes still work. Right, um, and you start when you really get to a spirit of real thankfulness and gratitude. God, my I believe that God will. Take the energy, what I call the soul's resonance, um, 
I guess in the weird world they call it like you know um, vibration and whatever. All it, all everybody's talking about is your soul's your talk your soul's resonance, and they've proven under in scientific laboratories that you have about you have a, a, an element of light that courses around your entire body that can be seen with certain types of camera equipment. That then that then when you're in a spirit of gratitude, love, light, peace, and med- meditation, if you will, that light comes higher off your body. Okay. Wow. When you're that. and you're sad, you're unhappy, and you're negative, and you and you feel like your life's the is like terrible and whatever, it goes further further and closer to your skin. Okay. What happens when it's running higher and higher and higher off your body is you tend to attract the types of things and people and all that kind of stuff that you need into your life. So I'm not a manifestation guy. I believe the manifestation is nothing more than faith and focus. So you, faith plus focus equals manifestation. Right, so I'm not, I don't matter. Believe it. I'm gonna sit here in this chair. I'm like, I need an airplane, an airplane, an airplane, an airplane. <laughs> an airplane's gonna show up outside the parking lot. First of all, it won't fit. That's right. Right. <laughs> Second of all, it just doesn't work that way. What God does is God puts dreams in our hearts that are in congruency with His heart. Those dreams are attainable through the power of faith and focus. Okay. I use all of that language to help you understand that when you get to the what's right category, you're now looking at elevating that resonance off your body, which then allows the other problems that need solutions to start to kind of come into existence. I believe that God is actually talking to us through this resonance. Mm-hmm. I believe that our, I believe that this, this soul, because they can, they, you could track it on an EKG meter with, even with your brain, your brain functionality. The fr- when you go to pray, for example, the frontal lobe lights up like a Christmas tree, right? People that talk in tongues, like legitimately talk in tongues, it, it's like even brighter and brighter and brighter. It's like, it's like it's coming off their forehead. That's amazing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So science has proven already that prayer and meditation offer a great deal of value. What most people don't do is they don't understand when they need to, they need to pray and or meditate on. Hmm. Right? They pray and meditate on their problems, not on their possibilities. When we can train our brains to meditate on the possibilities, not the problems, the possibilities manifest and the problems go away. That's good. I love that. Well, that's... That is powerful, man. I appreciate you sharing that. And it's cool to see, you know, someone, like I said, who's gone from where you started to building what you've built and just to have that much wisdom and value to share. And I think, like you said, anyone can take that same, those four questions and really apply them to what they're going through and hopefully gain a lot of wisdom from that. With the process that you've been on, the journey you've been on, all the things that you've been able to accomplish, you are now in a position where you can really serve others because you you have been poured into, you've been, you've been tested, you've been tried, you've grown, you've overcome I want to talk about your leadership tactics because I think that's really, really powerful. I think it's something you're very qualified to speak on, even with some of the guys here sitting in this room that I've gotten to meet. <laughs> Great. Um, I'm going to get judged while I'm sitting here. <laughs> I, would love, I would love to know more about what to you and your perspective, what goes into a strong leader mm-hmm. and what are some things that you've learned about your leadership style and your leadership tactics as you've grown through your business career? Mm. I'll tell you the one that's coming to my mind. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to believe this is God, so I'm going to just channel it here. I love those. Um, I went from a Saul to a David. And I think great leaders go from a Saul to a David. Very rel- very rarely do we start off as Davids, and I'll explain in a second. Mm. Um, mainly because of maturity and insecurity. Okay? Bad leaders lead out of fear, manipulation. They don't want people to, to know that they're whatever insecurity they're going up with. When I know what I, I know that I was in business for myself, I think seven or eight years 
before I ever told my team that I started the business when I was homeless. Wow. Okay. That I ha- that I only had a GED. That I you know that I and I only got the GED because the guy that I was working for at the time told me he'd fire me if I didn't. I had zero intention of finishing school. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> and all the stories that encompass all of that. And the reason I didn't want to do that is because I don't want to feel inferior. And one of the reasons that Saul tried to attack David on a regular basis is because he felt inferior. All the praise, every time David got praise, he got angered, right? <clears throat> and I will also tell you, my leadership is not perfect, uh, even now to this day. Um, I am a much better leader than I was 10 years ago, uh, mainly because I chose to care about other people. So I'll, I'll give you this. Uh, this will make more sense too. When I was on a um, a really a really good podcast, um, and I was talking to a pastor, and you know he's he's got a really big audience of women who are trying to find their godly man. Okay, R.C. Blake's awesome dude, awesome dude. And while we were talking, I had this epiphany, and we somehow stumbled our way into Saul and David kind of along the same lines, but not in the same context. And I had this interesting epiphany that David did not become a king in a palace. David became a king in a cave. Mm. That's right. Okay. Saul became a king by being a, not even truly, a, I, I, the Bible says he was anointed, that God anointed, but they, it also says that he was anointed king because the, basically the, the people wouldn't shut up. <laughs> God's like, I don't want to give you a, a king like the, what you're accustomed to. I want to give you something better than that. That's right. But because you're impatient, here's, here, here's some tall guy. You know, you're going to like parts of him. He's going to be a little bit of a handful from time to time, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever. And eventually you're going to see that my way's still better than your way, but hey, That's free right. choice. Here right. you go, right? You know, David had numerous times to, to, well, numerous times. We know of one time specifically that David literally had the time, the, the moment to kill Saul in a cave. And as a man of integrity, he said, I will not kill or I will not harm, depending on the translation used, God's anointed. Hmm. He respected God's sovereignty over that kingship, even though he already knew that God had promised him kingship. A lot of us are promised kingship but we don't understand that we have to become the king in the cave to qualify for the kingship. Wow. Okay. That's true. So you look at Solomon, not Solomon, Saul, and Saul, his number one flaw, I didn't make that rhyme intentionally, but it (laughs) did. His number one flaw was that he wanted to be served by people. Okay. What made David, David is David wanted to serve the people. Mm. So a mature leader wants to serve his team, even, even when their team is in their own way. Because just like children, and I don't mean this, in a, it's going to sound kind of hokey, but it just yeah. like, to me it's a lot like fatherhood, right? Um, sometimes the children want what they want, and they have no idea that what they want is not good for them, right? That's true. So great leaders have the ability to see that and then communicate that in a healthy way that then gains understanding where the child says, oh, oh, that would actually hurt me. Yes. That's why you're not giving it to me. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is mentorship. For sure. Okay, so it's teaching, right? So great leaders are immature. I'm sorry, great leaders are mature. Not great leaders are immature. And leaders in general go through a transition process of becoming one or the other or get lost in the middle. Hmm. 
So all of that to say that if you want to be a great leader, the secret sauce is nothing more than actually wanting to serve your team and wanting to see your team reach excellence. Mm. Like, I want my team to be successful. I'm constantly throwing different ideas about, well, maybe, maybe your role can morph into this, and maybe your role can morph into that, and maybe your role can morph into that. And I'm sure sometimes they're like, oh, I don't know if I want that. Or, <laughs> I don't know, that sounds like a lot of work. Or, oh, that kind of sounds cool. Or, well, how am I going to get there? I'm, I'm here now. Like, how am I going to get there? Yeah. I'm like, time. There right? So uh, I, think, I think the greatest leaders, more than anything else, they focus on their team. Uh, they focus on maturing themselves and more than anything else or they have a foundation of God that they're standing on. I love that. That's really, that's really powerful and it's really helpful. You know, one thing that I think of when I think of good leadership is trust. And I think what you said, you, you, you described how you create the trust, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? By, by serving people, by loving them, by showing them that you really genuinely care. Like obviously there's a vision, there's a goal that needs to be accomplished that mm-hmm. you're setting out to do is with the team. But in order to get there, it's going to require everyone to do their part and mm-hmm. to bring their unique value to the table, but to get them to be fully bought in. Bring their unique value, Yeah. but leave their fears at the door. Because mm. even your team will lead themselves in fear. How do you They'll get fear the unknown, and then as because they fear the unknown, they squander the possibility. So how do, as a leader, how can you, how can you get people to leave fear? Because I think that, I'm really glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I think that's something that should be addressed. <sighs> You know, it's, an, it's a science I haven't figured out 100% yet. I've done it successfully a few times. I've done it unsuccessfully other times. I think at the core attribute is you have to be able to get to a place where you have enough rapport with that team member to understand that it really is fear. You have to have enough mentorship ca- capacity to help them understand its fear and then give them enough courage to face the fear. And all of that takes time, T-I-M-E. And it's always tricky. Like I've had team members before where, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, you know, I'm talking to my team about moving across the country. They're like, dude, I just got here. I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, or, you know, I got another team member that's thinking about his kids. Well, I don't, where's, I need my, where's my, where's my infrastructure? Like we're talking about my kids, you know, kind of thing. And there's a lot of different things that have to go into protecting against different fears before you can make major moves. I've just had enough experience thus far to know that God's going to work it out. That's right. I've just been through enough times where if he tells me to if he tells me to go or jump like I talked about earlier and I do it, good things happen. Like it just it just you know it may not and it never looks like I think it's going to look like, whether it be fear or faith, it never looks like I think it's going to look like. That's awesome. But I think but I think that's probably the secret sauce. That's good. I want to shift. Excuse me. I want to shift a little bit and talk about personal development. Okay. Because I think that's something that I would love to hear your perspective on as someone who has, you know, had tremendous success. What are some things that you do intentionally mm-hmm. in your routines and your habits to make sure that you're constantly improving personally? And how has that shown up in your life? Hmm. You can take this, whether it's your fitness, your health, yeah. your mindset. Well, it's, to me, it's all holistic, right? It's all so, holistic. Yeah, I'd love to hear your kind of your approach and personal I'm weird. Uh, as I've said before, my team would agree with you. Um, <laughs> A couple different things. So first of all, you have to understand that personal development is exactly that. It's personal. Okay. Um, It's being honest with yourself to know what shortcomings you have that need to be worked on. It has to be a certain level of awareness of understanding what kind of gifts and talents that you need to amplify or continue to grow and develop. But more importantly, it has to be consistent. Okay. I see a lot of folks in the personal development industry um, in the audience criteria that are... For li- I hate the word, but there's a, there's a coined phrase for it called personal development junkies. Mm. They're all learning and no action. 
okay? That's true. They're studying every guru under the sun. They're watching every podcast under the sun. It's all like, oh, that's, oh, man, that's so good. And like, it was tweeted or, you know, <laughs> man, I just heard this on Instagram. Oh, you're just awesome, <laughs> right? But then they don't do anything with it. They don't apply it, hmm. right? I was working with a, um, one of my kids recently, okay, who's having, who's had all kinds of financial questions, right? And again, God. How old are your kids? So I have, my family's growing right now, but okay. I have a 26-year-old daughter, okay. 22-year-old son, and 21-year-old son, and there's a good chance that my family's going to we'll continue growing. But as of right now, that's my, that's my dynamic of that's my awesome. kids. Um, but one of them is going through financial a financial learning curve, okay? And I've coached them, I've counseled them, I've done strategy sessions with them, told them blue in the face. So much so that I finally sat down with them recently. It's like, this is the last time I'm doing this. And I want you to put this in perspective. And God owns my finances, okay? So God has blessed me abundantly at this stage in the game. It's also within his power to take it away from a dork. That's right. Right? And I respect that. At the same time, in a non-egotistical way, because I don't want this to sound egotistical whatsoever, because I, again, it's all God's. When I sit down with somebody who's making forty dollars or $50,000 a year, which is great, like you have an income, you got something going on, and I'm giving you advice on what I would do if I was in your shoes in this time and space, knowing that you want basically what I have, and I waste that time or invest that time in that, and you don't do anything with it, it's going to make me frustrated. Because, no offense, Steve Mark was a multimillionaire, and he poured into me when I was making $20,000 a year. Mm. And he taught me different principles to help me get myself out of debt, begin to put my cash flow away, teach me how to hustle a little bit, teach me how to grind, have some diligence and stuff like that, teach me to stay out of debt, not get involved in credit cards, not, like you just you know, put compound interest to work for me, not against me. And I give you all these principles that create wealth, and you do the polar opposite, there you go. Most of my time. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I say all that to say that when it comes to personal development, you have to be serious about it. Otherwise, don't bother putting on the podcast. Don't bother reading the book. Sure. Don't bother going to the seminar. If you're not going to do anything with the information, all you're going to do is consume, 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 and never become a productive member of society by producing hmm. through the outflow then essentially you're going to hold yourself back continually. So for me, personal development is deeply personal. So I, that, that is to set the stage for the easy stuff. Absolutely. My routine normally is I wake up at 5, 5.30-ish in a normal routine when I'm not going coast to coast. Depending on the time zone. <laughs> yeah, right, right, depending on the time zone. Sometimes it's 3 a.m., depending right. on the time zone. <laughs> um, but I wake up. I spend the first half hour of my day praying and meditating. I did it this morning. I don't necessarily get I, – I, sometimes I get out of bed and get on my knees. Sometimes I, I just – I'll lay there, and I'm just – in my, I believe when the Bible says you're praying in the spirit, you're praying in your mind, hmm. right? Because the Bible is not really clear what's praying in the spirit. Well, some people say, what's well, talking in tongues? Well, we're not sure that that's necessarily accurate. Could be. Maybe not. But God knows my heart. He knows my mind. He knows my soul. He's always in there anyway. He already has my thoughts before I think them. So clearly he's in my head. So maybe I'll just, I may just pray to him there too, right? And then I'll also have outspoken prayer as well. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> I pray. I get myself together, I grab my gym bag, all my gym stuff, all my pre-workout, and you know, kind of get myself situated, and then I head off to the gym. While off to the gym, I will typically take time to focus on one of the eight pillars of life per day. And you're like, well, there's seven days a week, there's eight pillars of life. Well, it's because the eighth pillar is contribution. So all seven, if you do them well, 
well, already set the stage for the eighth to take care of itself. Mm. Okay, so I answered that quick question. <laughs> Seven to eight, and math yeah, is difficult yeah, for people. People are probably trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, but I'll, like, you know, on Monday, I might focus on my financial life. On Tuesday, I might do something heavy, hardcore focused on my spiritual life. On Wednesday, I might do something that's focused on my emotional life. Uh, you know, on Thursday, I might do something that's focused on my relational life. On Friday, I might focus on something that maybe is unique to me, maybe a trigger, a trauma, something I need to work on, something that's you know that needs intentional intention. The reason I do that is because if you learn, if you most people are trained have trained themselves to work on one area of life, like it's going out of style, like they're incredible, they're incredible shape, but their relationships are a wreck. Or maybe their relationships are great and their physicality is great, but then their finances are a wreck. By focusing on one area of life to learn from, and it's typically a 45-minute to a 90-minute window of learning that goes into the head, Hmm. okay, Um, you're able to kind of focus and develop different areas at different times, well, consistently at the same time, basically. On top of that, I always ask, what is the one thing that I can apply from this lesson? Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, I love Tom Bowie to death. I think, he's a, I think he's a good dude. Him and Lisa are phenomenal people. Um, he is currently terrified, literally scaring people that the world is coming to an end financially. And while there's a lot of financial risk in the marketplace, I believe that God is still going to take care of us. Now, part of that is because pa- Tom and I have different beliefs when it comes to faith. Hmm. I have faith. I believe in God. He's very outspoken as not having a faith. He believes in science. Okay, great. One of us is scared right now, and one of us isn't. <laughs> That's right. You know, so those are some of my techniques. So it comes down to what I learn. Why do I, so? Why do I learn it? What do I learn it? Or what do I learn? When do I learn? And what do I do? I love that, man. That's powerful. This has been an incredible episode. I'm I'm so grateful for your time <clears throat> and just getting to really tap into your mindset a little bit. Uh, hopefully, this won't be the last time. But Stephen, I just really appreciate you coming on the show today, and it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And I just I have personally benefited and been impacted by you and all the way that you serve, all the ways that you serve others and uh, continue to serve at such a high level. So thank you so much for coming on the AIM podcast. Bro, e- easy answer and always yes. And uh, I, t- I apologize I talk so much, but I like to break things down for people to totally digest what we're, the, the years of struggle it's taken to get here. So That's why we do this thing. We want to hear from you, man. And I'm excited for you to have your first cup of Kaisos tonight. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, man. This has been great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of the AIM podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And if you found value in it, I ask that you kindly share this with a friend. We want to continue to grow this community and help more and more people every single day. If you have any questions for me, if I can ever help you anyway, please reach out to me at Doug Elks on all social. I'd be happy to help you out. Let's get after this week. Let's crush it. And as always, keep ambition in mind.